Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're about to listen to Bananas for Bonanza, episode 24. This is Andy Daly. Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all of the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash andydaily. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay, thank you. Enjoy. Yeah! Bonanza, it's the finest show alive. So consult your TV guide, get your great outdoors inside. Take some Ponderosa pride and forever may it ride. I'm bananas for bonanza. Hey, yeah! <laughs> yeah, you're shooting the roof. Hey, we're in different places this time. That's right. Yeah. We, we've been lately in the same place. This time we're in different places. I'm upstairs at Jellybee's. Uh, Jellybee and the baby are here downstairs, and I'm upstairs. And uh, the reason is we're doing this is we're talking to somebody who could not come down in person. We're talking to a, a VIP and a SOB. More SOB than VIP, in my opinion. <laughs> Mutt Taylor, where are you? Oh, I'm in a, one of those uh, propane tanks that you use for, like, a cabin that's buried underground, you know? Or like a big, big-sized propane. Yeah, it's hollowed uh-huh. out. A lot of the fumes are still there, so I'm a bit loopy. Are you underground and oh, in the yeah, tank? Oh, yeah, okay. I am, yeah. All right. Is there? Do you want to tell us how you ended up in there? I'd rather not. I got it. I understand. Okay. As soon as yeah. you said that, that you're underground in a propane tank, I said to myself, I'll bet you, I'll bet you he's hiding or something. But and anyway. that's not because you just sprung this on me right now and I had to think about where I was. There's a legitimate <laughs> sinister reason why I am hiding in this propane tank. <laughs> I can see you're down there. You're getting a decent reception. Yeah, I'm afraid to light a candle though 
Uh-huh. Because it's a little dark. Now, Amy Sleverson thought we were doing it in person, and so she showed up here at Jellybee's house, and I said, no, we're not. We're doing it on a Zoom. <laughs> true and story. So, true story. And so I believe she's headed to uh, uh, Starbeaks or something like that, wherever she can get a wife. Starbeaks. <laughs> Well, you know the coffee, goddamn people I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Starbeaks. Yeah. Well, hey, here's what I say at the start of every one of these episodes. I say, hello, friend, come on in. The gate is open wide. Welcome to Bananas for Bonanza. I am your host, Dalton Wilcox. I'm a cowboy. I'm a cowboy poet, and I'm from the heart of the American West. Today, we are talking about the best TV show that ever was on television, undisputed best TV show against whom no one would ever declare war. You'll see what I mean by that in a minute. We're talking about Bonanza, and today we're talking about season one, episode 24, The Stranger. Why is it called The Stranger? I don't know. Uh... (laughs) Right? I bet you they regretted using that title this early in the run of the show because the fellow introduces himself in the first scene. Anyway, we'll get to it. Yeah, good point. Why should this be? Why should this episode more than any other episode be called The Stranger? If anything, this is a, the least strange stranger. Good point. This is a fellow we know from the past. Maybe it's ironic. Well, this episode has everything. It has intrigue. It has a limp. It has characters. <laughs> Working very hard to avoid using the word prostitute, as they often do on this show. And it has a shootout with Native American peoples, people. Oh, man. And now, all right, here's how I'm going to introduce our goddamn guest. (laughs) A little while ago, a listener to this here podcast uh, sent us a question via Twitter. And he says, did you know... I'm going to paraphrase. His name was Tim Haber. And he says, did you know that Werner Herzog once declared war on Bonanza? And I went looking for the clip on YouTube. And now this is the part where we do a thing here where I'm going to share my screen. It's going to happen three times in this episode. Three times will there be a sharing of the screen. And I'm going to share the sound. So far, smooth sailing. And then I'm going (laughs) to click over here. And then I'm now I'm going to play for you this thing on YouTube. You're not going to hear it, and I'm going to have to start over from the top for reasons I at this moment can't imagine. But for sure, something's going to go wrong. But here it is. This is a clip of Werner Herzog declaring war on Bonanza. I already, I damn it, I said the name of the fellow. Well, here he, here's a here's a clip of our guest today. Declaring war on Bonanza? Listen. It's uh, ridiculous and it's destructive. It kills us and talk shows will, will kill us. They kill our language. So we have to declare holy war against uh, what we see at every single day on television, commercials. And I think there should be there should be real war against commercials, real war against talk shows, real war against Bonanza and Rawhide. Oh. Or- well, goddamn. Wow. There it is. You done heard it with your own damned ears. And as soon as we heard that, we says, Word of Herzog, if you're out there listening, get yourself over to Bananas for Bonanza and explain yourself. Yeah, get yourself to Bananas for some gotcha podcast, and we're going to call you to the carpet, you twisted some worm licker. That's exactly what it is. And there he, he's been very patient there in Zoom. Listen to all these goddamned insults. This is a German, 
German director of films and a writer of screens and an author and an actor and a documentarian. And his movies include Fitzcarraldo, Grizzly Man, and most especially Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Now, I have to say those are pretty good titles for someone I hate. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Ladies and gentlemen, this is goddamn Werner Herzog. Hello? Hello uh, uh, to you, uh, Dalton, and also to you, Matt. Thank you for having me on the program. Um, I'm happy to discuss uh, what I said. Uh, I think it's a bit unfair uh, that you uh, play a clip of my of audio of my voice because uh, now people will say, oh, it sounds so different. Um, <laughs> why did his voice change so much? Well, of course, that was uh, years ago, that, uh, that clip, and I'm much older now. And so my voice uh, changes as all old people's voices do. That never crossed my mind, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it never right. crossed mine until it was happening, <laughs> and then I thought, "Uh oh." Well, uh, if you want, I could read the quote instead. No hell, we've heard it, and, it, <laughs> and that's exactly right. People's voices change over time. Here, t- go ahead. Uh, go, well, I'll tell you what you do, folks. If you have trouble believing me, watch the Get Back documentary about them Beatles, and then listen to an interview with Paul McCartney today. He sounds like a goddamn old man. <laughs> All right, point's been made. But the more importantly. Here you are saying we need real war against Bonanza. And what kind of goddamn point was you even trying to make? Now, this was a long time ago. You were, This was like the 1970s or some shit. Okay, yes. This was uh, many decades ago when, uh, <clears throat> when talk shows were definitely a, a threat to be reckoned with. Uh, the artifice of them um, was uh, destroying uh, the fabric of, uh, of how we perceive the world. And uh, I said, you know what? Gotta do a holy war because um, uh, how else to take them down? You cannot write, you cannot mount a, a letter writing campaign to say, uh, please, Johnny Carson, will you stop doing your show? Um, here's 500 signatures. You must, uh, you must take arms. And um, the big problem was uh, no one did it. <laughs> um, I put out the call, said, let's go, guys. Um, take up your, take up your swords and shields and. Let us uh, uh, march to Burbank and uh, and burn all of uh, all of it to the ground. And um, no one wrote back. Uh, I I I made all that. I cannot believe I spent all that time um, and money printing up these scrolls and uh, and sending them to people. Um, no one even acknowledged that it was a scroll, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, it just you no declare- responses. Whatever that interview was on, that was somebody was interviewing you, and you said that. Maybe that was the first time. That was an American bandstand. uh, So you were essentially on a talk show saying, let's do No, it was a dance program. It was American bandstand. I was addressing all of that to Dick Clark, America's oldest teenager. (laughs) (laughs) That guy never ages, even to this day. Probably a vampire. He's definitely stopped aging. <laughs> Long time ago. Now, uh, wh- uh, what were you doing on American Bandstand? Did you have a hit record? <laughs> 
Um, I was called in to uh, to lip sync for Falco because uh, he, he he woke up with a sore throat. Uh, even though it's lip syncing, he didn't want to get anybody else sick. So uh, uh, we were oh, we were friends, and I said I'll go in and do it. Who will know the difference? And then the, it turns out they knew the difference when I went on a long screed about a holy war against TV commercials and talk shows and bonanza and rawhide. Was Falco, <clears throat> was he the, no, 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 19 or something? Is that, uh, he no, was Amadeus, right? Amadeus, rock me Amadeus. Yeah. I see. So if you and Falco are buddies, Falco got to appear on American Bandstand. He wakes up with a sore throat. He, call, he says, I'm going to call Werner Herzog. And it's just a lip sync show anyway. You show up and lip sync, rock me Amadeus. Yes, which I'd never heard before. And you didn't know the song, <laughs> but you says, I'll go, I'll go. And then it just turns into you telling Dick Clark that the medium that you are currently on is, uh, is what, destroying our brains? Well, now, uh, <clears throat> I, I want to make the distinction that uh, it's not the medium of television. It was specifically talk shows, TV commercials, Bonanza, and Rawhide. Those were the big four, the four horsemen of the well, apocalypse, in my view. I just want to get at this, because <laughs> you're talking about two separate genres and then two specific TV shows. Now, wh why ain't oh, you singling yeah. out in any talk shows but why you got to pick on Bonanza? And Rawhide, I understand it. Do what you want with that. But I never heard of Rawhide. I never heard of Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just guessing that that might be the title of a TV show? Um, no, I, I have heard of Bonanza. I was uh, I was uh, gently teasing Matt for saying Bonanza a second ago. Oh, um, oh, oh careful, because you want a holy war, I'll give you a holy war. Don't mess with Fill a man in a gigantic propane tank. I certainly don't mean to be a rude guest uh, on your program. I I am very appreciative of the of the invitation because uh, it gives us a chance to start uh, a, a fresh friendship. Um, once I explain what what my thinking was and where it came from, all talk shows I felt were ruining um, the culture and ruining humanity. So at all this time, you're talking about uh, Johnny Carson, Merv Griffin, uh, Mike Douglas, and. Uh Maybe uh, Dick Cavett. Maybe that's what you're thinking about at that time. Uh, and retroactively, uh, Steve Allen. Uh -huh. um, Dinah Shore. Uh, Dinah Shore. Oh, yeah, Dinah um, uh, Who was the other one? Jack Parr. Uh, uh -huh. All of these people uh, were, uh, and I think I've been proven right about that. Um, <laughs> then television commercials uh uh, present an even more disgusting view of humanity and the world. And it, it was almost uh, insidious the way they they wanted us to replicate the reality that they portrayed. And I was like, uh-uh, no way, because um, I know that, that uh, uh, you know, I'm one of these guys that says things like, um, uh, don't buy the name brand, uh, the store brand, it's all the same stuff. So uh, why are you spending more money for that peanut butter? when it's the same peanut butter in the store brand. Um, That's, you're, you're, I'm, I'm surprised Werner Herzog is a store brand guy. So you'll go into a Gelson's and you'll just get yourself the president select? Is that what I wouldn't. I wouldn't set foot in a Gelson's. Oh. I, I'm, I, am a, I am a Vons guy all the way. <laughs> 
Well, people who don't know, people who don't know these supermarkets, it's like you walk into Gelson's and it's like heaven. It's there's harps playing, <laughs> and everybody there is so happy, and just free stuff all around. It's just beautiful. You go into Vaughn's and it's like you ever see like in the post-apocalypse when everybody's just grabbing the things off the shelves. <laughs> it's that kind of a scene at a Vaughn, and that's what you prefer. Yes, <laughs> I mean, is that so surprising? I guess not. I guess you like to have people fighting for their lives. Hey, now you ever see that? Hmm? You ever see that TV commercial for? uh, It's called Chuck Wagon, and you got a little stagecoach rolling through a house, and the dog is trying to chase after it because the food is on the Chuck Wagon. (laughs) (laughs) Now this is proving my point because uh, as uh, imagine being a child and seeing of of a childhood age and seeing that commercial when it was new, and being so disappointed that the little Chuck Wagon was not real and was not a toy that you could have. It was just a camera trickery and also the weird shame of seeing the the brand on the dog food and thinking mm, that actually looks pretty good but i must not say this out loud <laughs> what do you mean that's like saying santa claus like you should be shamed for thinking about santa claus being real you should okay and by also, the way what about the wrong with a child eating the chuck wagon dog food no there's a lot right with it what about uh lauren green and his alpo commercials now that's bonanza and commercial does that cancel each other out or does that make things worse in your dumb eyes (laughs) but why would it cancel each other out it's a combination of two terrible things well like a negative one and a negative two (laughs) a negative three okay all right I'll tell you what, though, I'd rather I'd rather have to fight a, a Bigfoot and a creature from the Black Lagoon than just a Bigfoot or a creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Because there's a decent chance that they would start fighting one another and I could get the jump on both of them. So How would you I, accomplish this? Would you say something like, hey, Bigfoot, did you hear what the Loch Ness Monster said about you? Yeah, he said you had big feet. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I would, or I maybe the other way, because I'll bet you Bigfoot's proud of his big feet. I'd say, oh. "Hey, uh, not for nothing, but that creature from the Black Lagoon over there, he don't think your feet." Oh, are creature, so forgive me, I forgot. I I don't know. I transposed the two the two aquatic cryptids in my mind. I apologize. Yeah, they're completely different. Hey, I once saw a movie that you was in, which was a it was a it was a comedy documentary about searching for the Loch Ness monster. So it was on Loch Ness, and you was in it, and it was uh, it was terrible. Why was that's, it terrible? That's the other reason I'm mad at you. Well, it just didn't make me laugh. I wanted, and by the way, the monster. At no time did you ever see the monster, nor did anybody ever kill it. What uh, What would you say makes you laugh the most? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a little preview of this episode of Bonanza we're talking about. There's a point in this uh, episode where the sheriff tells such a funny story. He says, hey, you know, one time there was a fellow who was condemned to death, and he asked if he could cook himself his last meal, and he did, but he didn't have time to eat it. I ate it, and it was real good. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's a funny story. Uh, humor remains subjective. Um, also, it's too bad. Uh, that we couldn't put everything in the film, but uh, we did have several scenes with the Loch Ness Monster. Um, what? <laughs> just running around, playing, um, uh, giving people rides. Um, 
You cut uh, out reaching cut out books seat. off of high shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is great. Look, that goddamn Loch Ness monster devours children. People shouldn't play around with that fucking monster. And hey, now you're telling me that you had footage of it and you left it out of the movie for what? It interfered with the narrative. Oh my god! Oh god! Unbelievable! How do what you intend to do holy war against a television show, especially against the Cartwrights? You're going to start a war against the four of the bravest, most amazing gunfighters that ever live. Now we come to the crux of. Uh, our uh, uh, issue uh, with one another. And uh, what I must tell you is when I declared holy war on Bonanza and Rawhide, which I am surprised that you have never heard of because it is a cowboy TV show. I never heard um, of it. Yeah. I had not seen uh, Bonanza. Uh, I had seen Rawhide and assumed Bonanza was just a Rawhide, Rawhide clone. Um, you know, like when Friends became popular and they tried to make a bunch of Friends type shows, oh, but they didn't work. Yeah, couple. Um, Oh, coupling, and coupling, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, they they took a, a show that was a knockoff of Friends, but dirty, and then they ma- imported it back to America and cleaned it up. <laughs> Great going, guys. Why didn't that work? Because <laughs> they already had Friends. Um, they should have canceled uh, Friends. So <laughs> they eventually did. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. <laughs> it's very successful, but then they canceled it on a whim. America's um, youngest teenage show. Now, now that I have, uh, but then uh, shortly after I declared my holy war and it didn't take off, um, I said maybe I should check out Bonanza, and uh, and I love it. Wow, what? It's my favorite TV program of all time. So, you is do? this an apology tour? Uh, if you would like to consider it, yes. Uh, to me, I consider it just a meeting of three fans of, of the greatest TV show to ever exist. <laughs> this took a turn I did not expect. I, to be honest with you, expected that I, this far into the podcast, I'd be trying to figure out a way to kill you from a distance, <laughs> from, wherever it is that you are. Like, uh, and I'd be, I'd be, I was visualizing somehow being able to send an electric shock to your keyboard. Uh, I'm not saying it was going to be easy, but that's what I thought I'd be up to right now. And instead, I've, we found an ally. Now, this I, makes more sense from the fellow that's been in the Mandalorian. It's starting to come together. Oh, yeah. Oh, the baby Yoda. Yeah. I, uh, forgive me, I get emotional when I think about him. What was it like working with him? It was when you see this little guy walking around with his big eyes holding a mug like a sad woman in a television commercial. (laughs) What we can achieve is (laughs) awe-inspiring. Forgive me. I've never, never in my life seen a man so emotional about anything before, ever. What was, what was Grogu like on set, though? Was he wisecracking or a real serious worker method? He, he, he was uh, mostly uh, inanimate, uh, uh, just on a, on a table nearby, what? near to the set, because he was a puppet. What? He's a mechanical puppet. Like, what? Wait, you're doing to I don't us know how many times, how many ways to say that he was a puppet. You just fucking chuckwagoned me. <laughs> a classic chuckwagoning. Hey, wait a minute. I, got, I saw an article the other day that said uh, uh, there was an incident on the set 
where they were shooting it with a puppet. And then they was taking the puppet away and they were shooting it on a green screen because they says, I don't know if we're going to use a puppet or we're going to use computers. And you said to the director, John Favreau, you said, don't be such a coward. Commit to the puppet. Is that true? It's true. I screamed at him. I rose my voice as high as I could. And I said, don't be a coward. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I hope I didn't blow out your, 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 your earphones. No, it's fine. That wasn't so loud. That's the loudest you can, you can talk. That's, I don't, I mean, I don't like to do it often, but, uh, you know, I was so worked up that he was going to to consign this uh, this puppet to a, to a, a, a sometimes instead of a always, and uh, I screamed at him. I said, "You coward! You coward!" And uh, people started turning around. What's all this? Commo- what's all this commotion? Where is that loud yelling coming from? And I'm screaming at Favreau, "You coward! You coward! Um, you you that think that loud? This- Just that loud? Exactly that loud, huh? Yes. Forgive me again. Um, I said, uh, uh, "You think you are brave because you wore the tank top T-shirt in swingers? Uh, you are not. You are you are a coward uh, because you you will use computer generated images. Uh, when look at this little guy. Look at what he's doing. Uh, he's he's raising his head. He's he's uh, putting his hand to." his chin in thought. He is uh, uh, pointing at something. He is closing his eyes to use the force. Uh, You coward. And by that point, he was in a fetal ball. What about you now? You were on a set that is apparently a parallax LED background. So you weren't even in any of those locations. So you're kind of a hypocrite. Now, I understand you're on our side now. I just got to get a couple of these things out before we can be friends. Yeah. Right. Well, um, yes, I wish we could have actually flown into space to shoot the show, <laughs> but uh, you would know more about it than I would. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Well, you're the expert, right? You're the filmmaker. Are you yelling at me right now? It's hard to tell. I'm screaming my oh guts my out. Oh, God. I thought so. I thought so. <laughs> hey, Werner, you ever work with puppets before? Is this first time working with puppets? You yeah, how many times are you on the Muppet Show? <laughs> oh, yeah. They ever have you on the Muppet Show? <laughs> with our very special guest, Werner Herzog. I uh, I have campaigned to be on the on the Muppet Show uh, many times. At that point, I was promoting uh, Fitzcarraldo, and I said, "Come on, let me come on here with uh, Klaus Kinski, uh, who is was of course a sophisticated uh, animatronic." Yeah. And they said he doesn't count because uh, there's too much metal inside him, um, and uh, everything around here is felt except for the rods, of course. That was the problem. Otherwise, they would have had you on, huh? Yes, and uh, unfortunately, the the Klaus Kinski uh, uh, creature it, it developed sentience, and uh, that made things very difficult. And I, in the end, I couldn't blame them for not wanting him around. Yeah, yeah you had nothing but troubles with that fellow. Huh. And now he is at the bottom of the ocean, uh, uh, wishing over and over again to be a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad story. Uh. You know, they had lots of people on the Muppet Show that was not uh, so much less unlikely than Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Look through the list of guests sometimes. They got Sir Han, Sir Han. Yeah, he was on there. Henry Kissinger. Yep. More than happy to have that guy on there. Larry uh, Flint. Tutankhamen, Common, the mummy of. <laughs> they had Larry Flint. O'Brien from 1984. <laughs> 
They, it was a weird show. They had the whole cast of Star 80 on The Muppet Show. <laughs> Man. So much cocaine. Yeah. Well. From, from The Muppets. That's yeah. what got this cast started. Let's move on. Hey, you want to talk about some fun facts from this episode of Bonanza? It could Please. be. Did we already say that Amy Sleverson might tune in at any time or maybe not at all? Well, that's the that plan, is, but I, I wonder. Yeah, as time goes on, it begins to seem less likely, not more. But who knows? All right, here we go. I'm going to tell you some fun facts about it. Uh, uh, season one, episode 24, Bonanza, The Stranger. Now you're hanging out with three big Bonanza fans. Who knew that was going to happen? I can't believe it. I thought it would be nothing but just a slugfest this whole time. All right, we got... This episode was written by a fellow named Oliver Crawford. Oliver Crawford wrote for many wonderful shows, including a show called Doctor's Hospital. <laughs> Another show called Korg, 70,000 B.C. Oh. And uh, another show called Gilligan's Island. Oh, I know that show. Here, I'll tell you the plot of the episode of the Gilligan's Island that he wrote. Both Gilligan and Mr. Howell lay claim to a treasure chest that Gilligan dug up while working for Mr. Howell. To me, that's cut and dry. That's Mr. Howell's treasure chest. That's right. Gilligan was working for him. <laughs> yeah. He's Ridiculous. contracted. Uh, Korg 70,000 BC was a show about Neanderthal, a family of Neanderthals just trying to get along in the difficult conditions of life. And I watched a couple episodes of it. Burgess <laughs> Meredith you narrates know. it like a nature documentary. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of sort of almost Planet of the Apes-like makeup that seems like it's going to fall off any second. <laughs> it's a good show. This is considered uh, uh, the inspiration for the sitcom Cavemen. I'll oh. tell you what, they look just the same. <laughs> <laughs> just the same. Uh, this episode was also, the story was by Lawrence Heath. This is a, the fourth episode so far, Bonanza, that we've seen that Lawrence Heath had a hand in. Uh, Lawrence Heath wrote a movie called The Truth About Communism, starring Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he wrote 66 episodes of Murder, she wrote, so that was a real job. 66. Yeah. Oh. That ain't nothing. Poor show got canceled before it even got started. You know, there's only 431 episodes of Bonanza, Werner. I'm sorry to tell you that now that you're a fan of it. No one knows this sorrow more keenly than I. Yeah. Yeah. Except uh, us. He also wrote on a show called Stunts Unlimited. A group of Hollywood stunt performers are recruited by U.S. intelligence to retrieve a stolen laser gun from a notorious arms dealer in this pilot to a proposed TV series. What's the problem? <laughs> Mattel's eyes grew as big as saucers oh my as he was hearing this description. Holy. I thought you might like that. That's almost as good as there's a movie called Real Bullets about a group of no shit Universal Studios stuntmen that go out on a camping trip for the weekend and get tangled into a war with a drug cartel. Oh my God. And who are also, who universe- are also camping at the same time. <laughs> oh, and... Uh, uh, Martin Landau's daughter's in it, so Martin Landau plays the drug kingpin for a, for a scene or two. and yeah, Because it was uh, bring your dad to work day? <laughs> <laughs> What's the phoning it in version of phoning it in? Like someone, he called it in to a, that was set up to a phone that called it in. Uh, texting it in? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look who's here. Oh, hello. 
Amy Sleverson is tuned in from Parts Unknown. Hello, Amy. I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm running for state controller of California. (laughs) I want to control everything. (laughs) I want to move people's hands from behind them with their elbows. I want to push them and make them (laughs) do my bidding. Well, oh, this is exciting. You're running for public office. Hey, I just want to point out one of the other squares here on the Zoom is a fellow by the name of Werner Herzog. You ever know about a, he's a German filmmaker. <gasps> yep. He's wonderful. He reads children's books online. I do. It's uh, it's true. I've read uh, over 70,000 children's books. Jesus Christ. Like uh, what kind of books? Uh, all kinds. Peppa Pig. <laughs> the Hungry Caterpillar. Are you my mother? Um, the thing is, I, I don't know if you would have watched it because I read them silently. Oh, I see. So you go online and you're just sitting in a, in an armchair. Yes, and, uh, and by the fire. A, by the fire, reading a book, but you don't read it out loud. No, but is you do see me read the entire book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's in Germany. You can tell. Oh, you can tell by the fire. Fire burns upside down in Germany. It's a very German fire, and uh, the chair could not be more German. (laughs) Speaking of friends, could this chair be any more German? (laughs) (laughs) I got to check that out, man, because I think I've seen some pretty German chairs in my life. But now, if this is the most German chair... You could ever see. I'm gonna definitely check that out. Amy, I have a question. Um, what is uh, what is the difference between a controller and a comptroller? Oh, it's not a joke setup. It's a genuine question. A comp a comptroller, I believe, has something to do with fiduciary financial responsibilities. Wow. I- a controller means you just are in charge. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you're, you're not running for comptroller. You're running for controller. Controller. Okay. That's what I put on all the posters. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, the words are so similar. <laughs> controller. I thought it was un- don't worry it's about an, it. It's the least I, of your concern. I assist management. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the point is, I, I already have my uh, election. Uh, the, I want I, I'm running for office and it's going to be, it's in, I'm going to be, she's been here. That's my whole sales thing, <laughs> is that she's been here the whole time. Oh, oh, well, oh. you got my vote. That's your campaign. Just you. that's all you need to win office. Okay. Is to have is to have been in the area. Oh, <laughs> hey, wait. A, oh, I see. That's just you must have been inspired by this episode of Bonanza I that we're talking about, where I Ben Ben Cartwright's putting his hat in the ring to run for governor. And uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it when we get. But he doesn't have much of a platform. Uh, <laughs> To be fair. All right. Well, we were just still running through some fun facts. I just want to finish up on Lawrence Heath. Oh, sure. Of course. Because he has a couple of other good credits. A movie called The Beasts Are on the Streets. And another movie called Ski Lift to Death. (gasps) I was hoping the other movie would be What the Beasts Are in the Sheets. (laughs) (laughs) The Beasts Are in the Streets and The Feasts Are in the Sheets. 
It's beast breakfast, in the streets, breakfast beauty in, in the sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is movie it? is, here's the description of that movie. Panic grips a small community after a tanker truck crashes through a fence at a wild animal park, freeing dozens of dangerous beasts. Whoa. Yeah. That is a good premise for a that film. That actually sounds pretty good, I have to say. I agree. Now, Lloyd Nolan is the, like the lead guest star in this episode. He plays Inspector Charles LeDuc. He was in a movie called The Girl Hunters. And a movie called We Joined the Navy. He was in a movie called... <laughs> Those called, could be the same movies. Yeah. He was in a movie called Toward the Unknown. Not all the way to the unknown. <laughs> it's a prequel. It's a prequel. I think the idea is to just go toward it, and uh, once you've known it, you can turn away. Oh, yeah. Just get close enough to have some <laughs> idea of it. Now it's known. Yeah, now it's known. This guy's career was so long, he was in two completely unrelated movies. One was called The Man Who Wouldn't Die, and the other was called The Man Who Wouldn't Talk. Oh, and they're unrelated. Unrelated. They have nothing to do with one another. I, of course, uh, first knew him from a a classic film called Resisting Enemy Interrogation. Is that uh, something that uh, Lloyd Nolan was in? Yes, he was the star of it. Uh, a downed American bomber crew quickly falls prey to the clever interrogation techniques of the Germans in this dramatic training film. You wow. can rent You can rent it for 99 cents on Amazon. <laughs> I, I'm doing that. Can you guys, how long is it? Like an hour? Can we meet back here in an hour? Or it's a training, a- as a training film, I don't know if it would go quite that long. Um, All right. Then in that case, I won't watch it now. But, uh, well, I'll watch it as soon as I can. See, now that's weird because I know him from a TV show called Gibbsville. Oh, what the hell is that? Oh, it's a 1977 TV series about a life in a small eastern town during the 1940s as seen through the eyes of a young newspaper reporter. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. We all know Lloyd Nolan. We're big fans. Everyone has their favorite Lloyd Nolan. <laughs> well, and then you got a fellow named Hal Baylor. He played Tom Cole in this uh, episode. He's a, oh, uh, yes. uh, he's LaDuke's uh, whatever. He was in a movie called Cornbread Earl and Me. He was in another movie called The Barefoot Executive. And another one called The Gnome Mobile. And another one called Quick Before It Melts. <laughs> That's Frosty the Snowman. These are all wonderful films, of course. Yeah. They was I, didn't, another- I didn't realize he was the same guy from all of those. <laughs> same guy. <laughs> and he was in seven episodes of something called Gunsmoke. I never heard of that. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and ten episodes of Bonanza, never one time playing the same role. Wow. Yep. Ten different How is characters that possible? on possible. Isn't that something? That might be a record. When did we when did he play a bear half the time? <laughs> nope. I get I don't know. He must have just looked it must have been like, hey, you look like a guy that got shot at the hotel three years ago. Maybe they he, would throw in a line like that. He luckily has the kind of face uh, that of that time was completely forgettable. It was uh, just a, a sort of a collection of features, uh, but you couldn't really describe him if you had to. It was a very useful look to have in those days. Yeah, and if you want to be a bank robber, can you describe the suspect? <laughs> Not really, just a fella. He looks like a 1950s man, what can I say? He kind of looks like Hoss. He did look a little like Hoss. And Orson Welles, if, if they had a baby. 
Not a bad idea. <laughs> well, he was we- beautiful. He was beautiful, slender, delicate, gentle, like an angel. No, that's the description of Michael Landa's mother. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful and slender. Just want to make it clear. I didn't marry no fat chicks. That's what been. <laughs> well, and they never say her name the whole time. Oh, it's printed the- on a wooden painted gravestone, though. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't yeah. see that. Oh, I yeah. did see, see. I do have a product line that was inspired by that. But what? What is it? Well, anytime you need to have an important discussion with friends or family, you get to have nature's reverie screens and soundtracks for serious times and discussions with family that's uncomfortable, like your mother was a whore, or I committed murder, or, you know, some... You're not getting anything from the inheritance because we made a mistake in our in our uh, investments, or your mom shouldn't have bought that lake house. Uh oh. <laughs> so with but your you service, s- you can have those conversations in front of a screen that looks like the ocean or something like yeah, that. Yeah, with the sounds. Yeah. And the and so that you, it's like and you could put a little gravesite there. I mean, you could kind of pop in whatever things that might um, make it more solemn. Oh my. Well that that sounds like a good thing. People find that at lotsdaughters.com. Yeah, lotsdaughters.com. There's also I forgot to write down the name of the actor, but the Irish fella who played uh Dennis, uh Shields, Arthur Shields or something like that. It says here uh, on his page it says, though not as well known as his older brother, Barry Fitzgerald, to which I say, I never heard of him, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> He also he was a fervent Irish nationalist and fought in the Easter uprising of 1916 and was captured and placed in an internment camp in Wales. That actor who played the newspaper man, Dennis. Whoa. And that is another uh, point of my campaign, which is Irish run the media. (laughs) (laughs) But not for any episodes past this one. Uh, That fella never is seen again on Bonanza. I don't know. I don't think he was seen again. Yeah. This one here. And then finally, we've got Dixie, who was uh, Joan Staley. She was Playboy Playmate of the Month, November 1958. November 1950. Oh, did you say that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. (laughs) She... She was in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's playing the character of Blonde in Low-Cut Cream Dress. Low-Cut Cream Dress, yeah. yeah. Did you say that? That's that's her t- that's her role. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, a June Staley super fan? Yeah, that's the one. She quit acting after a horse riding accident and then had a, had a career as a religious counselor to troubled teenage boys. I kind of fell off her around that time. But then <laughs> I was a troubled teenage boy and I got real into her, if you know what I'm saying. So there was a time when a troubled teenage boy could go talk about religion with Playboy Playmate of the Month, November 1958. It was probably a lot about uh, try not to fall off of a horse. (laughs) If there's anything you can do in your spiritual life uh, that I guarantee will make your life better, it's don't fall off of a horse. Yeah, that happened on a set, by the way. I'm sure they took care of her financially for life. (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> I we? have a new tragedy charm for when, when you find out your parent is a sex worker. You, it's a broken IUD. 
You're the res- you're a mistake. <laughs> and probably put your mom out of work for at least nine months. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, now hang on one second. They never mm-hmm. do say in this episode that little Joe's mother was a whore <laughs> or a sex worker. <laughs> Or any other thing. All they say, and I quote, is that she was from a part of New Orleans that the sailors called the Flats. (laughs) (laughs) And you are extrapolating a lot from that. Well, it used to be a hilly territory until everybody had so much sex there that the ground became flat. (laughs) There's so much street walking. It was just ground down. It's between the two events, all of the sex and the street walking. The the, the heels didn't have a chance. Uh, I I very much enjoyed uh, Leduc's authentic New Orleans accent (laughs) throughout the show. Yeah. It, it reminded me of the, the work that Nick Cage did for his uh, New Orleans accent in Bad Lieutenant Colon, Port of Call, uh, New Orleans. I love that movie. I'm going to have to see that if his New Orleans is anywhere near as good as Lloyd Nolan's was. You, you'll swear you're in a Popeye's. Oh. <laughs> wow. Cause, yeah, it was, it was damn convincing. Well, uh, okay. Should we uh, get into this episode? Is that where we are at this point? Let's do Please, it. Please, yeah. I'm salivating to discuss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode. All yeah, right. I should mention that I had an issue with my propane tank, and I only saw the first half of this episode, so I'm real excited to find out what happens. Okay, oh. all right. No problem. So well, so this episode begins in Virginia City with a man dressed in black who is limping down the street, makes his way to the Territorial Enterprise, which is a terrible name for a newspaper, and in there already... <laughs> Is not the best. It's not good. Joe Cartwright is in there, little Joe, and this man in black says he's looking for Ben Cartwright, and we learn that Ben Cartwright has put himself forward to be governor of Nevada. And uh, but this man, he is just—he's not holding back. He says Ben Cartwright has no future. We will smash him. And uh, 
Well, little Joe, little Joe doesn't like to hear that. And little Joe gets beat up by this fella's uh, henchman. And the fellas that we've met, we learn are uh, uh, Leduke, right? What's his name? Uh, yep. Yeah, Charles Leduke. Charles Leduke and Tom Cole. Tom Cole's Tom a Cole. strong man. He's Haas and Orson Welles' baby. Right. He yeah. punches little Joe so hard that little Joe goes flying uh, almost a hundred yards backwards, <laughs> uh, knocking into a file cabinet, knocking all sorts of things over. The punch is, it should have been, a punch like that in real life uh, would, uh, news crews would show up to discuss it. You're right. That's like if the Hulk punches you. Tom Cole's a strong man. So then uh, they burn the map. This is the uh, 24th episode of Bonanza to feature the burning map in the opening credits. A little fun fact about this episode. And then we have uh, Little Joe goes to the hotel for a rematch with Tom Cole. It's, he immediately gets up after being knocked unconscious and says, well, I'm going to walk <laughs> across the street and finish this up. Get some more. Yep. And... Uh, and this is where he had uh, Tom Cole's not in the room now, but he has a conversation with LaDuke where it takes LaDuke a very long time to, to reveal any information. But he eventually reveals and if he was going to say it, he could have said it so much sooner. <laughs> but it takes a long time for him to reveal that he is from the New Orleans Police Department and that Ben Cartwright is wanted for murder in New Orleans. Right. Can That's what he's it? doing here. Can you believe that? This is Ben Cartwright we're talking about. And had Ben Cartwright hired my Christian political uh, public, public relations services called One Week Spock, Spot, he, no one would have ever found out because we scrub your history. People will never even know that you looked at a picture of a guinea pig with a knitted wig on. Oh, I might need that because I just Googled Playboy Playmate 1958 November. Yeah, we we erased the entire lifetime of a man who had an improv theater in Calgary. <laughs> a Amy, why is it called One Week Spot? Well, in the in the episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Ben says if you if you're running for office, you have one weak spot. They'll use it to destroy you. Right? Oh, I see. <laughs> right. But but would your service also work if a person had, let's say, dozens of weak spots <laughs> or, or hundreds Certainly. of thousands? Certainly. What if they had one strong spot and everything else was very weak? <laughs> That's the case for most people. But no, it's just, it's, that's just to get you in the door. They I go, see. well, there's this one thing. Uh, oh, I And see. then they, that's and then you go, leader. well, now that that's taken care of, now that my, my one rape charge is, is erased. What? There's a couple <laughs> other things. I right. didn't, I didn't return library books. So, you it, know, it, it is a shame and otherwise spotless record, but just this one rape charge. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Uh, yep. Every that's Look at all the rest of the good stuff. Yeah, that's not a sign of my character. I'm otherwise a perfect human being. Exactly. I but they'll use that to destroy you. I, he did all the time for the methamphetamine production and distribution, you know. <laughs> well, he, that wipes he, the he slate clean. Is this the Calgary right. guy? Well, I, I don't know if I should tell you. Oh, okay. These are clients. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. It's there. It's one week's back. There's no. It doesn't sound like there's much of an expectation of confidentiality. 
based on what you've said already. <laughs> well, next we see uh, Ben Cartwright. He's at a fancy party where and, uh, he's uh, a fella gets up and says, uh, Nevada is not a state, but it may be soon. And when it is, Ben Cartwright should be our governor. Ben, get up and say a few words. And then this, Ben gets this up fellow and says. Who's, I'm sorry, this fellow who calls for attention is has the most disinterested stance I've ever seen on someone who was trying to get a entire room to listen to him. He's got his hands in his pockets and he's facing away from everyone. <laughs> You're right. He looks like he's trying to throw his voice maybe and uh, <laughs> and, and pull a fun trick on the party. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's kind of staring at the floor too. <laughs> well, then Ben gets up and he's all humble. And he says, his speech is, he says, Nevada is not a state yet, but it may be. And when it is, I'd like to be your governor, which is precisely what the man introducing him said. So that's just what I mean. <laughs> there ain't that much of a platform. No, yeah. but you have to admit that his his uh, uh, delivery, his uh, um, uh, 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 lines of speech to uh, applause break ratio is off the charts. Every yeah. every sentence he utters gets an applause break. Yeah, You're right. And then he's <laughs> mobbed like words. the Beatles after yeah. his speech. He's just mobbed like uh, with groupies. Yeah, they love him. They Man. love Ben Cartwright. I what? like it. It's the Bonanza school of writing when they when they repeat back the exact thing that the last character just said, <laughs> even in the exact same words like a Meisner exercise. It is pretty advanced. We advanced. all uh, we all here as cowboys know about the Meisner technique of theatrical <laughs> acting, right? What is that? It's a repetition. You say something to someone and then they say it back to you. And then you do that for about four to five straight hours. Yeah. And you pay $185 a pop. <laughs> a cowboy has to know the Meisner as if technique uh, to sort of say out there on the range, I am going to act as if I don't have saddle sores. And then <laughs> you just do that the way Sanford Meisner said you should. Well, uh, okay. Now, Ben and Adam, who was at this fancy party, they come home and little Joe lowers the boom. He says, man, oh man, there's a man in town, Inspector LeDuc from New Orleans, and he says he's going to arrest you. And Ben Cartwright says, well, I'm getting my horse ready. I'm headed into, uh, he's good. Not, no delay. Going to go right in there and see the man. And sure enough, he rides into Virginia City. He goes straight to LeDuc's hotel room and, uh, and they have a, they have a long conversation. And during which LeDuc is very upfront about his flaws and his uh, difficulties as a man. He says, I, I have not I can't accumulate family and friends or admiration because of this limp. And and we learn we learn that uh, Simon LaRoche and little Joe's mother back in New Orleans have something going on and, and Ben shot Simon LaRoche in self-defense, but maybe not. And he was cleared, but maybe he wasn't cleared. And that's why there's a warrant for his arrest and all that stuff. But now I want to play you a clip from here because it's very pivotal to the story of this episode that LaDuke has been shot in the leg and has a limp and blames uh, Ben Cartwright for it. But I'm I watched this scene multiple times to try to understand exactly what happened to LaDuke's leg. So hopefully you'll be able to see and hear this. Here we go. Do you remember a scuffle in the alley the night I came to arrest you? 
We, uh, we had a fight. I knocked you down. You remember hearing a shot? The Duke, you were after me. You wanted to kill me. I wasn't armed. I ran. Yes, you ran. I followed you. In the dark, I fell and the bullet entered my leg. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I... What does that mean? <laughs> it means he's a clumsy klutz. It sounds like he kneeled on a bullet. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. He fell down. There was a bullet in the alleyway, and he fell down with enough force that it oh. went into his leg and gave him a limp for the rest of his life. And I assume that Ben Cartwright has dropped this bullet. Uh, and uh, maybe he threw the bullet at Leduc <laughs> because he knew that uh, Leduc, when he came to arrest him, was just going to kill him for some reason. And uh, he said, uh, I got to slow this guy down, <laughs> throw a bullet at him. And uh, I guess it worked because he, Leduc goes down to his knees and uh, kneels right on the bullet. Um, and I can only imagine it's got to be like the frontier version of stepping on a Lego. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, on the, bullet. the, the <laughs> bullet's still in his shoe. That's why he's limping so much. Take off your damn boot, Leduc. And perhaps well, in the accident, it also caused Leduc to talk like Tennessee Tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> from, who was from New Orleans? As Famously so. Famously so. Well, all right. So now one thing we understand is that uh, uh, Ben Cartwright is trying to run for governor, but there's something in his past about his his old New Orleans wife and this fellow named Simon LaRoche. And so he goes straight over to the Tennessee, what is it called? The Territory Experimenter? Territorial (laughs) Enterprise. (laughs) And he says... He he did it. He dictates a withdrawal from the governor's race, and so ends Ben Cartwright's political career because he doesn't want all that stuff about his old wife dragged out into the mud, into the light of day, or whatever. And what is her name? Her name is Marie. Oh, that's what's <laughs> that's what's painted on that wooden gravestone. By the they sister. never say it. No, no, they never do. That's they true. Can't they speak her name. Mother. She was a lady of the night. It's too say. It's too uh, sacred and profane of a name to mention out loud. Yeah, you can't say the name of a prostitute, or you might as well have had sex with her. Yep, and then you got to call one weak spot. Well, so now Ben goes back to the Ponderosa and the boys uh, don't think he should have resigned. But this is where he says, well, if there's one breath of scandal, your opponents will use it to destroy you. And now we learn that there's something he's never told his sons about Marie. The one thing he's never told his sons. It's the one One thing he's ever withheld from his children. He has told absolutely everything else. (laughs) I have a tragedy charm also for people who've experienced the sudden reveal of a second family by their father. It's just a state of Arizona, because that's where the second family always is. Family secrets. I didn't know that. That if you've got a second family, you're always going to hide them in Arizona. Tax rates. Oh, I see. Yeah, they got a special tax cut for second families down there. Yes, you can splurge on your your main family wherever you live. (laughs) (laughs) But you've got to cut a few corners with the second. Yeah, that's got to be a hard life. I feel bad for those guys. All right. Well, 
Now he so now he goes on to tell the story, sorta, kinda. He does explain that Marie was slender, and that's helpful. <laughs> and uh, thank Christ. He says that little Joe's mother used to live in the neighborhood that the sailors called the Flats, and then he says that Laroche was going to blackmail her about information about her past. And then he says that uh, he went and confronted LaRoche and LaRoche pulled a knife on him and Ben shot him in self-defense. And uh, what else? And then he he ran away instead of standing trial because Ben Cartwright didn't want to stand up in a courtroom and say, my wife is a prostitute and this guy was going to tell all of you. And so <laughs> I killed him or whatever. This is also from the Bonanza School of Writing, where all of the action is told to you about <laughs> characters that will never appear in the story for around 40 to 90 seconds. Is it possible that we're watching a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern type <laughs> series about a show that's actually very action packed? <laughs> This is an excellent idea uh, for a, for a new reboot of Bonanza uh, called uh, Bonanza. Everyone else, and it's it's all the people that they've talked about all these amazing adventures that they're having. Yeah, Hop Sing and Chubb were here. <laughs> I want to see the death of all three of their mothers. Yeah, yeah me too. Get in line. <laughs> Talk about uh, Bonanza fan fiction, which we've been talking about on Bonus Nanza. A we little bit. On that, yeah. <laughs> well, because I could imagine a show about uh, what Ben describes here, where he's he's got two boys from two other dead wives, and now he's got a, a boy from his latest not-yet-dead wife, but she's got a checkered past, and then he's got to throw down with this fellow who's blackmailing her. And while you're watching that show, you might think to yourself when it ends, I wonder what life is like for these characters 25 years in the future. <laughs> and Bonanza is that show. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Well, now, little Joe goes out to to uh, his mother's grave by the sea, and he's weeping. And then, I don't know, he must have been sitting there at the grave going, I didn't know you was a whore. Or what's the conversation? Who knows? He doesn't say anything out loud. Then he goes into town. Oh, no, he doesn't go into town, but we're, we go into town and we I'm see. I'm so the, sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry, but I must uh, bring this up. Yeah. Uh, there is, and this is going to be a spoiler if you're going to watch this show, but there is a show called Yellowstone uh, that is very popular starring the movie star Kevin Costner. Um, but there is a scene <laughs> in, I believe it is the fourth season, the third or fourth season, where well, a character- Is this a good show? Because I ain't seen it. And are you really going to spoil it? I, I am going to spoil this. And I hope that's okay if you'd like to take off your headphones. Uh, I'm going to take my I'll give you a signal. I'll give you a okay. signal when it's okay to listen. Okay. I'm going to sign a promissory note that I will never watch that show. I even, even watched Peter Rabbit one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what happens in season four of Yellowstone? A character, a character wants to propose to a woman, and so he has his mother's coffin unearthed so he can pry open the coffin 
and take her <laughs> engagement ring from her withered dead hand. Before he opens the coffin, there is a discussion with the grave digger about who has done the embalming so you he can be prepared for how she is going to look. And the, the, the grave digger assures that it was the better embalmer so she won't look too bad. Then the, the, this cowboy has a conversation with his mother's corpse in the coffin. Including holding her hand and apologizing for cursing. Well, that sounds beautiful. Uh, it it well. makes it makes one wonder what do the the producers of the show want me to feel about this demented act? Turns well, out my headphones have a lot of bleed, so I. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it anyway. Now, is it that someone asked a dead parent the permission to marry their kid? No, no, he didn't even have no, that. No, you're, you're you're in the clear then. Oh wow! Well, I'm curious. Like you'll, say, oh, you'll know when it's when it's happening. You will know when well, it is happening. This is like bone tomahawk. No, Bone Tomahawk, I feel, I feel as if the events in Bone Tomahawk, there is one event where you think, oh, this is the terrible thing I've been warned about. But immediately after, you know, oh, no, this is the terrible thing. I can assure you that when this scene is taking place, you will know exactly what is happening. <laughs> okay. Let's just, I'll, I'm not going to spoil it, but I am going to say it kind of backs up my contention of, of many years that everybody should be buried naked. Just 100, don't, don't bear, just naked bodies, period, down there in the graves. Why? Partly because if it, somebody turns out to be a vampire, you'll at least slow them down a little bit when they come out. <laughs> because they'll be hiding their genitals. Yeah. They're going to have to find a cape and a they, medallion. come out of their graves <laughs> embarrassed. Oh, no. That's I'm right. so hungry for the blood of the living, but I'm nude. Yeah, got to get some pants. They'll steal a terry cloth bathrobe off a clothesline and have to wear that around town for a little while. Humiliating. Okay. All right. Here we go now. What? Oh, all right. So, yeah, we're in the bar <laughs> with uh, Dixie, and she's coming on to LaDuke, and LaDuke is like, forget it. And he says to her, child, if you got to know me, you'd hate me. And then he limps out of the bar, which is quite a thing for a person to say about themselves. Now, I think it speaks volumes uh, about uh, Leduc's self-loathing, which seems to drive him at every turn. When Leduc tells you who he is, believe him. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, it's like the fifth time he's basically told us that about himself. Well, now, this is the shortest amount of time, though, that he, he's able to. That's got true. it down. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Very he's efficient. Down. Back at the hotel now, Little Joe shows up to talk, not to kill, but to talk to LaDuke. I don't know what he was going to say, but uh, Cole shows up and there's fisticuffs. And Joe has no choice but to kill uh, Tom Cole with his gun. After an amazing fist fight where Tom Cole is smashed into the wall so hard that it shakes the entire <laughs> building seemingly. Yes, it does. I know. It uh, it shakes it, and at some point, like, uh, 
you can almost hear the boom man going, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I got a job to do. What are you doing here? (laughs) I'd I'd rather that you were replaced than this microphone. You only only coffee. How many cups of coffee and, and lit cigarettes were bumped off the back of that flat? I it does seem that the, the show is so static in so many ways. It does seem like it would be very easy to fire actors that you didn't, you you weren't enjoying their performances, and just say, "Let's." It's only three scenes. Let's get this guy out of here and get a new guy in. You probably could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm standing off camera, uh, just in case. Uh, yeah. All right, well, now, so, uh, okay, so he's killed a man, and, uh, and now, oh, and, uh, what, uh, 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 LaDuke does a good job of looking on the bright side right away. I mean, his friend just got killed, but he says, aha, now I'm going to drag you into court and testify under oath that your mother was a prostitute. He's always <laughs> seeing the angles. Now, back I didn't, the- I didn't quite understand how. <laughs> He thought he was going to steer his testimony towards saying that little Joe's mother was a sex worker in this murder trial. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But he was excited to have it read into the official court record. <laughs> this guy just wants it to be written down. Yeah, I guess so. I have a service yeah. that I provide where I make customer service calls for you. I call Southern California Edison and, and AT&T, and I do s- defensive customer service where as soon as anything gets confusing or they make it about it, maybe it's your fault, I shoot the phone at close range. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea because that son of a bitch on the other end of the line suddenly goes you know I mean they might not feel it but they'll understand oh they'll I've been get shot symbolically also on this Yellowstone show, show at one point uh, a character uh, shoots a wind chime with a shotgun <laughs> wow oh man that's the biggest spoiler I could imagine damn <laughs> Oh, no, it's such a take off my headphones. It's such Don't a great it's such a great moment you will still enjoy it just as much. But will I know when it happened? <laughs> yes, you will. Okay. All right. Don't tell me who James Corden plays. <laughs> James Corden's in Yellowstone? I feel oh, oh. I feel as if Amy is conflating Yellowstone with Yellowtail and Cottontail. <laughs> oh, well that's I'm, she can't be alone in that. <laughs> Got to be a common confusion. But uh, it's the same show as Yellow Jackets, right? Yellowstone yes. and Yellow Jackets is the same show. Yes. Okay. All right. It's part of the Yellowverse. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> With Yogi Bear, too. That's right. And Coldplay. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. <laughs> hey, and Curious George's friend. Oh, yeah. But just his hat. So... <laughs> okay, now Ben Cartwright tells little Joe you're going to turn yourself in for that for shooting time Cole. You're not going to run away to spare the dignity of your dead mother just like I did back when I left New Orleans without a trial and so on and so forth. And now we're in Virginia City. Little Joe turns himself in and uh and that's when Ben Cartwright goes to LaDuke and he offers him a deal. He says, "Hey, if you go down to sheriff's office and say little Joe shot Tom Cole in self-defense, I will come back with you to New Orleans and face possible justice for killing Simon LaRoche. And that is the best job I ever did of explaining a scene in this show. I'll tell you right <laughs> That's now. That's real good. That was a lot of information. <laughs> Woo, I'll take a break now. That was like an episode of Bonanza. That right there was. So sure enough. Oh, too many uh, too many things happening on screen. <laughs> a lot. That's what I mean, though. Your recounting of it was like an episode of Bonanza. (laughs) Touche. I'll just accept the compliment. Now, LaDuke goes to the sheriff's office and he says, hey, yeah, I was wrong. Uh, Little Joe uh, shot in self-defense. Everything's fine. And, And now Ben is going to ride off to New Orleans and he's agreed to go unarmed all alone. Just him and a horse with LaDuke all the way back to New Orleans. And, uh, and and so they do. They set off and they have a campfire scene. And that's when uh, LaDuke tells that very, very funny story about the fellow who cooked himself a meal, but then had to get <laughs> hung before he could eat it. That's a good one. <laughs> Never gets good. old. Never yep. gets yep. Funny. It's funny. And then LaDuke <laughs> complains bitterly again about how the <clears> limp <throat> has ruined his life. And uh, Ben Cartwright says, you, you're blaming your knee for all of your problems. And then he drops right off to sleep, just like a light switch has been turned off. But but LaDuke pledges that he will not sleep again until Ben Cartwright is dead. That's crazy. Wow. Why That's this guy a long some- time. <laughs> this trip is, you can also take this trip through Elder Hostel, where... A man in his 70s leads you at gunpoint through a desert area for uh, on your way to a city in the distance. And then it, until a point where it seems like he's going to kill you. But then he doesn't. And the relief you feel is vacation in itself. <laughs> Did you say elder hostel? It's an elder hostel trip. Have you ever been? No. What's elder hostel? You just to be over 50. It's like Club Med for, for people who went to the Ivy League. Oh. Um, who like to wa- walk, have walking shoes and, and sticks. Oh, that oh. sounds wonderful. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to make a reference no one would get. <laughs> no, no, no. I've never done that. <laughs> Speaking of which, why doesn't this guy make something out of his limp instead of complaining just like Kaiser Soze? Oh, what did Kaiser Soze make out of his limp? Well, uh, he, he had a limp, but he still built up a crime empire. He spun a whole wonderful story that uh, we all got to see on screen. It was like a reverse bonanza. <laughs> Isn't Someone. his limp, his limp is the thing that 
made him get slowly up the ladder using only one and a half of his legs and angrily because that seemed to be how he he still succeeded and became an inspector he became was, inspector so say he became so successful that by the end of the story he didn't need the limp anymore inspector oh no. soze i never even met her soze <laughs> listen if you go up a ladder with one and a half legs you end up going in a vertical circle <laughs> What is this, true detective? <laughs> well, that broke my brain. <laughs> Vertical circles. <sighs> well, all right. Now, what happens? So, so they, they get their night's sleep by the campfire, and then the next morning they're getting on their horses, and poor old Limpy LaDuke can't get up on that horse because his leg hurts, and his horse wanders away. And that is when, I'm going to show you this clip now, that's when LaDuke, he, he says, uh, I'm going to shoot you in the leg just so you can see what it feels like to Ben Whoa. Cartwright. Whoa. And he's about to do it when there comes to be an attack on them by Native American people's people. And so I'm going to show you this here. Open this clip. Ready? Here we go. I think I'll put a bullet through your leg so you'll know how it feels. All right, get over Another gun? This'll do it. Jesus. Oh, he's right. Yep. Watch this. Oh, no. Oh, ooh. Ooh. How's that wow. for a stunt? That was something it, else. Yeah. This is called a Marie Kondo scene where you. you Put more elements in it to see what you enjoy, and then you take all of it out so that you you put in three Native Americans and leave it through horses. Then you take all six of them out because that's all you really need. You just need the two guys walking. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. The you know goal of this scene is to is to end up with LaDuke and Ben Cartwright having to walk 20 miles through the desert. And you can really feel the calm of that uh, after the most deafening gunfight uh, in television history. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had the same gun and they turned the gun volume all the way up and snapped off the knob. Well, that was the sound guy pissed about the set and the boom from before. He says, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> How did it show him? Oh, I, well, I ain't got that far. <laughs> he knew the guy would be watching at home to see his own performance. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sound of that fella falling down <clears throat> that hill was really like if you was to drop like a, a few oranges down a wooden staircase. Yeah. That's how, that's how we do it in the movies. Wow. Oh, you do your own sound? I, I personally oversee and execute all of the Foley for every one of my films. Wow. Even Sometimes for all bad you need. Lieutenant <laughs> 2, Port of Call, New Orleans? That's right. It, my most used uh, piece was a nice wet chamois. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> do, that, do, do the horse claps. 
The horse clip claps. Do oh, it. Yeah. Sure. Do it. Hold on one moment. Do it. Oh, it's taking goodness. too long. Hurry up. Do it. You should have been ready. Whoa. You did that with two coconuts. That's an iron horse. Wow. You didn't specify. <laughs> I'm alarmed that that was within arm's reach. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. If anything, he had to push it farther away to grab it. It was I'm like on way. his belt. You've, you're catching me in my sound, Paulus. <laughs> Paulus. Paulus. Sound, Paulus. Pow. Uh, it's like, onomatopoeia. Exactly. Oh, Mutt, I, get Mutt I gets like you, it. Werner Herzog. I like you, Mutt, Mutt Taylor. I almost called you Mutt Lang. <laughs> oh, the, the uh, perfidious record producer. producer who won't, if you take a picture of him, he'll force you to buy it. He'll buy it back from you. Is that really? so? Yeah, he does not want a picture of him out there. And he'll he'll pay top dollar to buy back a photo if you have one of them. So he can seduce his wife's friends over and over again? I think so. <laughs> I've never heard of this man, but you oh, guys it's this, very it's familiar. The, the story of Shania Twain. Yeah. Oh. He also is the hit record producer of all the great Def Leppard albums. It's true. Wow. And and he is an actual dog. That's why he doesn't want the pictures out there. Yeah. Because he thinks scientists will dissect him. <laughs> and so we do not make obscure references. No. So shut don't. up. No. Yeah. That's right. I think a dog <laughs> would make a good record producer with their uh, very sensitive hearing. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, dog, right. dog songs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard a gibbon sing? Oh, no. I never have, no. <laughs> I didn't know we were about to. <laughs> it, puts me in mind, it puts me in mind of Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Did a Gibbon sing that part of the song? No one will ever know. There are no pictures. There are no pictures. <laughs> a well, Gibbon Amy- will tear your head off. <laughs> <laughs> On this we agree. Yeah. And your genitals. Yeah. Agree but to disagree. To- I'll tell you, if a gibbon was to tear my head off while singing that song, that would be the way to go. I'll tell you. <laughs> and if a gibbon would tear my genitals off while singing that song, that's not so bad either. Yeah. If that happened, I might then say, can you also do the head? <laughs> Not me. Thank you very much. <laughs> How much for a package deal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So now we got two men on foot. One of them's got a limp from falling hard on a bullet 20 years earlier. I looked it up and to walk from Virginia to uh, Louisiana, it's only 377 hours. Wait a minute, though. It's Virginia City, Nevada. Is that how you looked it up? It's probably longer than. Yeah. (laughs) Longer than a trip from Virginia City to Louisiana. I've been hiking with you. Gorgeous, beautiful. Thank you. That is well, uh, what's his name? Uh, LaDuke can't go no further. He says, I can't go no further. And Ben says, but we have to get to water. And so they go on and then they get all the way to some place where they're real hot and dirty. And it looks like uh, uh, LaDuke is going to shoot 
Ben Cartwright. Why? I don't know. He's so delirious from heat and thirst. <laughs> he's not going to. He knows he's not going to make oh, it. Oh, that's it. So he right. says, "I'm. I'm going. I just want you to die anyway. Why am I going through all this trouble? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like when you realize you're doing more than you need to do, and then you're like, "What? What's wrong with me? I'll just shoot you here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's about to shoot him, but then. Just like how those uh, Native American peoples were uh, right on time in the nick of time with their gunfire before LeDuc could shoot Ben Cartwright. This time, he loses consciousness right just in the moment before he's about to pull the trigger. It's real lucky for Ben. And, and he goes down like a sack of potatoes. And then Ben puts him on his back. And how would you describe this carry? It's a strange way to carry Wait, it, Wait, real quick. Since I didn't see this, I, I can't believe I'm... Mo- I missed the most exciting episode where the episode climax is in a man falling asleep. <laughs> what a denouement. He he this old man dozes off and the other old man catches him, then uh, sort of leans him against a rock and then uh, gets a better handle on him uh, to drag him away. <laughs> Does he tuck him in or read him a little story? He kind of like, no, he likes him. Yeah. It's a move from me- Mexican res- wrestling called El Barracho. Okay, <laughs> I knew somebody could explain it. Okay. Um, oh, just to clarify, it would be uh, 697 hours of a walk, um, 174 hours by bike. <laughs> but back then, it had been a penny farthing. Yeah. True. Those are I wouldn't want to take one of those train. over those hills. Yeah. No, no way. Well, they just had to get 20 miles to the nearest way station where there's going to be some water or a settlement or something like that. Well, one thing they never mention about this man's disability or how he's differently abled is that it's not just a limp. It's a studied limp. Oh, yeah. And how yeah. you know, that can be so – there just aren't ramps for that. Yeah. Of course, because the concentration – that it takes to keep up a studied limp and to try to ha- remember at what angle was my foot last time. That's harder than just a regular old limp, isn't it? I can he- tell you from personal experience, because I've been watching them scream movies. Now, David Arquette's character gets sh- shot or stabbed in the leg and every movie afterwards, he's got to do a limp. And boy, does he. He really does a limp. I mean, that's a full body limp. How many Scream movies are there? Well, five total uh, as of this weekend. And David Arquette is in every one of them? Oh, yeah. Huh. He's in and the is new he ones? Crank? Is he Crank? Is he Crank? <laughs> no, that's Jason Statham. <laughs> is he cranky? Is his character cranky along with the yeah. steady oh, He's limp? wide-eyed and guileless. He's dewy. He's, Isn't he's, that something? He yeah. didn't let the limp ruin his life like no. Inspector LeDuc did. Well, is he, is he blaming everyone else for the limp like uh, this guy does? No, nor is he creating a uh, persona of crime, a Turkish criminal. <laughs> or wasn't what? he? Or C- Croatian or... Kaiser Sose? Oh. Uh, he was a uh, uh, Hungarian. Hungarian, that's right. Yeah. I know the uh, the actor who played the uh, the translator in the hospital when the guy is yelling there, screaming at the top of his lungs, Kaiser Sose. Um, then the, the nurse, uh, his name is Ken Daly, and he uh, in real life spoke Hungarian uh, because his mother was a, was a Hungarian immigrant. And he once told me that... She used to frighten him by uh, coming towards him and going, bah, bah, 
she would put her hands up and just make this noise. Bah, and it would terrify him. <laughs> what? Well, I should have known this because I once dated a girl who spoke Hungarian and she taught me the Hungarian word Egon. And he says that in that movie. And I always go, I bet he's Hungarian. What does that mean? Oh, I don't know. I just remember the word. <laughs> it must have been about the lighting when she said bah. You were, oh, yeah. you were incurious as to what the no, word meant. Actually, this is true. I believe Egon means I know. And, and, and you one believe, of the you is, believe it means I know. I don't uh, Egon that Egon means I, I know. I know it say, means I believe. Yes. Wouldn't you say Egon, Egon? Oh, I don't know for, I don't Egon for a fact that Egon means <laughs> I know. But I believe Egon means I know. Because also a guy says I think you'd have teacher. to say E don't gone for a fact. <laughs> uh, uh, Egon. And I don't think you can say that somebody taught you a word in a different language if they did not go on to tell you what the word means in your own language. That's my opinion. Well, you do you, you son bitch. <laughs> all right. Well, now, all right. Let's get to the end of this episode. We can do it. It's just the, getting to the end of this episode is almost as hard as Ben Cartwright carrying LaDuke 20 miles through the desert on his back. But we're going to do it. And sure enough, he pulls him this whole damn way to this way station and and as soon as some water goes down the gullet of that Leduc, he peps right up. <laughs> and uh, and he says, why didn't you leave me there to die in the desert? And Ben Cartwright says, well, I can't do that. And uh, and then Ben says, well, come on, let's go on to New Orleans. And and Leduc says, no, look, I was never really going to take you there. This arrest warrant is not genuine. And it's true. Your name was cleared of murder a long time ago. And I was just going to kill you on the way. But now I can't because I don't hate you anymore. And you can't kill a man you don't hate. So never mind. <laughs> oh. Is a quick wrap up. <laughs> We can't kill without hating, and the hating is done. The end. Hey, wait a minute. My screen's been taken over by a Hungarian word. <laughs> I did a Hungarian to English dictionary search and put in Egon. And Egon in Hungarian, according to Google translation in English, means Egon. Let's hear, let's hear that pronunciation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have to reshare with my sound, but it'll be worth it, I'm sure. Hold on. <laughs> now I want to know, where was that girlfriend really from? Again. 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 Why is it screaming? <laughs> Again. Uh, Again. Where, where did they find her? She sounds Again. so sad. Again. Oh, she's so uh, sad. So sorry, I didn't mean to railroad that, but I thought we ought to clear that up. Well, but Matt, uh, Mutt, uh, <laughs> Egon, Moot, um, Moot, can you? Egon, can, my name is Mutt. Can you find out how one was to say "I know" in Hungarian? I tried; it wouldn't oh. let me enter it. Maybe. Oh, well, let me switch. Whoa, what? <laughs> forbidden. It is forbidden to know. Oh no! I know is too dumb. Too dumb. Too what dumb? is he gone? Is that? Too dumb. Too, too dumb. Hold on. I'm doing pretty. Was she saying dumb. you were too dumb to understand oh. Hungarian? <laughs> oh. What is it? Teach me something in Hungarian. And she taught you too dumb and then didn't tell you what it meant. <laughs> 
Oh no. Oh shit. Also my track stopped recording. <laughs> I did Oh, did my I did it I decided somebody from the Czech Republic who ta- I thought they taught me to say hello. And in fact, they taught me how to say, watch out, fantastic blueberries. <laughs> Do you know the only phrase I learned in Italian is non troppo yacco? And it means not so much hairspray. <laughs> the only thing I know how to say in German is those are not my pants. Das ist Nick Dinahosen. Oh, yeah. Accent needs work. Uh, no, I, I don't agree. My congratulations to you. <laughs> Well, okay. So that's how that episode ends. It just wraps on up. And poor Ben Cartwright now, he's lost his horse, and he's got to somehow make it back to Virginia City. That's going to be a hell of a journey. I don't know what's going to happen to LaDuke from this point forwards. Uh, I just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But the end on a, it's a happy ending. LaDuke says, okay, time for me to come clean on 20 years worth of lies. But uh, that's how that's how it all wraps up. It but makes ben, you wonder if yeah. if uh, the resolution was uh, means perhaps this was a backdoor pilot for a Leduc solo show. <laughs> oh wow! I'd watch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> we really got to know him, uh, but also um, it makes me wonder how long was Leduc pla- <laughs> planning on writing with Ben Cartwright before killing him? Did he have a certain spot in mind that he thought would be fun uh, to shoot him there? Or how was he going to get right outside of uh, New Orleans and then say, aha, and then kill him? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was taking his sweet time. Well, what do you expect from a bad lieutenant Port of Call, Bad Inspector, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> that Let title me. just rolls off. Uh, not your teeth or tongue. No. tongue. Uh, well, with that, my friends, I am sorry to tell you there's only 407 episodes oh, left of Bonanza to discuss gone. on this show. Gone. If you uh, let me say to the viewers, if you haven't watched Bonanza before, you're in for a real treat. Um, These episodes just fly by. They do, don't they? uh, And uh, you notice so many things upon repeat viewing. And also, I think you would probably also advise that before you declare a holy war on any television show, check out at least one episode. Guilty as charged. Yeah, sure are. Well, this has been good. Werner Herzog has come around on Bonanza. Hey, I want to read before we part. I just want to read you that the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering has been canceled this year. (gasps) This is something. And they put out a statement, and I'd like to read it to you. (laughs) The 38th National Cowboy Poetry Gathering has been called off, and a fellow by the name of Waddy Mitchell put out this statement. He says, we're all disappointed, but the board has made a wise decision. It's like finding the roads washed out when you're headed to the yearly dance. You've got a date and you're on the wrong side and there's nothing you can do about it. It's no one's fault. You just have to say, shucks, we'll try it again next year. It's like the roads washed out on your wedding day. It's a black fly in your chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this beautiful. this brings the total of people named Wadi that I am aware of up to two. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> the famous the famous musician Wadi Wachtel. Oh yeah. 
Wait a minute. That was him. Oh, it's no, got to be Waddy like Mitchell. A, an energy saving mascot named Waddy. <laughs> oh, he's like a light bulb. No, he's a big LED light bulb. It's two D's, I believe. Not, is it the same with not, this Waddy? Not my guy. Not, not my mascot. This is two D's for Waddy Mitchell. Yeah. He could be, he could have been a, a gum mascot. <laughs> Vote for me for state comptroller and controller because they're almost the same thing, Whoa, really. Don't split the and, votes. Yeah, no, because we'll only vote. My other thing is only vote for me or no, no, it's voter suppression. The only people who can vote who are, are going to vote for me. Uh, Amy, may I suggest a campaign slogan for you? Yes. Uh, votes Leverson. She's a total comptroll freak. <laughs> that's I, do I need to pay you any sort of fee or 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 can, put I do an, an, an app an on, automatic app pay to you monthly for three ninety nine for that idea the only payment I need is your satisfaction <gasps> you're a comp troll freak in the streets and a control freak in the sleeves huh Oh, I don't know. Uh, that one's That's free too, right, it. Matt? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that one's going to cost you. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Top dollar. Oh, oh all right. I'm all right. Well, all right. So uh, vote for Amy Sleeverson. And uh, what else? Anybody? But Werner, what do you have coming up? You got anything you want to plug, Werner? Um, well, I was hoping to return to the Mandalorian, but my character appears to be dead. Um, uh, uh, perhaps my twin brother will show up on the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I can't, I shouldn't have said that. Wink, wink. Oh boy. All right. Well, don't look for Werner Herzog on the book of Boba Fett. And, uh, what about you, Muck Taylor? Oh, uh, fuck no, man. All right. Maybe. What do I have going on now? I forget. Oh, uh, Yeah. Oh, never mind. Well, I, <laughs> I'm working for the CDC, as you know, killing vampires. Right, right. Uh, and I'm working on a book about that. All right. All right, Amy Slaverson, anything else you want to tell us about? No. Okay, folks. Oh, there is one quick plug I'd like to make, and that is to our editor, Brett. Please listen to after we're done recording so we can explain how the fuck this episode is going to get pieced together. <laughs> Oh, are you about Sorry. to read that into the record? I think we should rather than it'll just be clear. You okay. can take that out of this, but that's uh, up to you. Take out this, but don't take out this. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll clear it up. All right, folks. <laughs> thanks so much. So long. <laughs> Bananas for Bonanza is brought to you by Andy Daly with Maria Bamford and Matt Gorley. Theme song by Matt Gorley with The Journeyman, which in this case are Mark McConville, Daniel Michikoff, and Wade Ryan. Bananas for Bonanza is mixed and edited by Brett Morris and executive produced by Andy Daly, Matt Gorley, Brett Morris, and little Scott Ackerman. We'll see you next time.